Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's a great football team with a lot of moral fiber and a lot of character, and they showed it. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast, hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. No place else you'd rather be than right here, right now. When it's too tough for them, it's just right. Presented by Syracuse.com and NYUP.com. The Bills make me wanna. What's up, Bills fans? We are getting you primed for the biggest week of the Buffalo Bills season, the trek to the AFC East title game. And we are starting with a look at the other games. Uh, the Jacksonville Jags play, the Pittsburgh uh, Steelers play in two different games. If they win, the Bills will have to beat the uh, Miami Dolphins to get into the playoffs. We're going to cover all of that, what we think about those games, and much more right here on Shout a Buffalo Bills football podcast brought to you by Topps Friendly Markets. And Topps has weekly recipes. They're new every single week. Who couldn't use more ideas for great dishes? Check back each week for the latest seasonal rep recipes that have been featured in Topps' weekly ad on their social media channels, emails, and more. They have great recipes for peachy blueberry pineapple smoothies, beef confetti taco salad, the chicken power bowl, white bean chicken chili, mandarin and almond shrimp salad, and so much more. Visit topsmarkets.com slash weekly recipes for more information. Ryan Talbot, how are you, buddy? Hey, I am doing great and ready to talk some football, some meaningful football games, because going into Sunday night football, Bills fans are going to know whether this is a win and in or lose and out type situation. So, yeah, the idea of this podcast is to create almost like a viewing guide for the weekend because we will have a good idea or the idea of what the Bills need to do on Sunday Night Football when the Jacksonville Jags take on, on Sunday afternoon, the Tennessee Titans. And I know that's not a great matchup if you're a Bills fan because uh, the Tennessee Titans just got absolutely waxed by the Houston Texans last week. You got that game. But then on Saturday night, to me, that is the game to watch. You have the Baltimore Ravens against the Pittsburgh Steelers. As of right now, we're recording this at 4 o'clock on Tuesday. The last I saw, the Baltimore Ravens have, haven't decided whether or not they're going to play Lamar Jackson and other starters. Uh, that's supposed to be decided on Wednesday. So that will obviously shape the conversation here. But let's start with that game because you have a quarterback situation with Mason Rudolph, uh, who's now supplanted Kenny Pickett as the starter. Even if Pickett could go this week, Mike Tomlin said they are sticking with Mason Rudolph, who's won the last two uh, really impressive performances. They have that defense. 
What do you make of this game against the Baltimore Ravens? It's a really interesting game, Matt. And, and let me start with the Ravens' perspective. It wasn't that long ago that Baltimore was the number one seed in the AFC. It was 2019. Uh, and it, believe it or not, deja vu type of situation. The Ravens rested all their starters, and then it was week 17 against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And Pittsburgh had a lot more to play for, but the Ravens ended up winning that game despite playing their backups. It was Robert Griffin III at quarterback and a lot of other guys mixed in on both sides of the ball, and they still got the job done. All well and good, but come playoff time following the bye week, the Ravens just came out flat. Lamar Jackson had two interceptions. He had a lost fumble. And the Tennessee Titans defeated them 28-12, to 12, if I'm remembering correctly off the top of my head, in the divisional round. So how much of that from a few years ago is in Harbaugh's mind saying, you know, we, we did this once. We didn't play our starters in the finale. It's a long time to go without playing any of your starters. Practice is one thing, but not having them out there for a game. So I wouldn't be surprised if they looked at it more of like a preseason type of game for Lamar Jackson, where you play him for a few series, maybe not even a whole quarter. And you still want a lot of your defensive players out there. But the the, the key guys, and especially, obviously, Lamar being the guy, you don't play him for close to what you maybe play some of the other starters, but you go out there and you try to win this game because you don't want to come out flat again as the number one seed in this conference. You're trying to win a Super Bowl, and you already know what happened just a few years ago. No, I think that's a great talking point and something that the, the Ravens for sure have to consider. Um, I think they probably end up playing most starters. And, like, listen, even if Lamar doesn't go, this isn't a Pittsburgh team. Like, because – uh, we're going to have Mike Golick on the show a little bit later today. And he talked about this and I thought it was really important. Like the most important thing for the, for the Ravens is getting Lamar Jackson healthy into the playoffs. So if that means sitting him out and giving him two weeks off, you, you, you give him two weeks off. I, I get the hesitation there to your point, but I think operationally the rest of their offense, you know, they're really solid. They got some really good players. They're good up front. I think you could probably roll their backup quarterback in a situation against Mason Rudolph, who will be going on the road. And I know it's win and get in for the Pittsburgh Steelers, but it's a scenario where it's still going to be a tough game for them. It's still going to be one where if Mason Rudolph doesn't take care of the ball, is he on a uh, mistake count? Like how many mistakes will Mike Tomlin be comfortable with Mason Rudolph making in this game before he maybe turns it over to pick it? Uh, that's something to kind of play in here as well. And this is a Pittsburgh Steelers team that despite playing well the last two weeks, they have been Jekyll and Hyde all season long. There's been inconsistency there. Their offense has been lost for big stretches of time. So I don't think this is a given in any stretch of the imagination that even if the Ravens play their backups, that the Steelers are just going to go on the road and win this game. No, I agree completely. And this is where it gets interesting for Mason Rudolph for me, Matt. This is his third start, I believe. Mm -hmm. uh, he's started two games, played very well. This is where teams start to get a lot of tape on you. And I know he's been in the league for many years, but in, in terms of how he's played as of late, and you can kind of poke some holes in his game, kind of like what the Bills did to Bailey Zappi, kind of like what teams were starting to do to Jake Browning. And Browning still put up some pretty good stats, but you saw the Vikings have some success defensively against him and some other teams as of late. So now the Ravens are going to sit there and look at the tape from the last two weeks and maybe come up with a good game plan to create those turnovers. And it wasn't that long ago that Mason Rudolph was not the backup quarterback in Pittsburgh. He was the number three. They right. went into camp this summer and they said, all right, Kenny Pickett, he's the young guy. He's the guy that we invested in. He's going to be our starter. 
But he also, that being Mason Rudolph, you know, he lost the backup job to Mitch Trubisky. They gave that to Trubisky. So this is not a guy who has had a ton of success in his career. He was started out as the number three quarterback for the team this year. I agree with you. It, it is not a guarantee that this great ride that he's on continues. Does it make it easier that he has George Pickens and some pretty dynamic playmakers? Yes, and some good backs. But I still think that a Ravens team, even without Lamar Jackson, like you said, can win that game. So that game goes down on Saturday at 4.30 p.m., the night game, the Texans versus the Colts. You know, there, there's a rooting interest there for Bills fans just in the sense of if you were to come across one of these teams in the playoffs, which one would you rather play? I'd probably rather play Gardner Minshew than uh, C.J. Stroud. Uh, with the way that he's looked at times this season. so uh, But at the end of the day, one of those teams is getting into the playoffs. It's a loser-leaves-town match, uh, <laughs> if you will. Uh, so that's going to be a fun one to watch, but we don't have to dive too much into that. Let's fast forward to the Jags game because the Jags have been bad over the last couple of uh, weeks. They have a really good defense, an offense that at times is just not found the consistency under Trevor Lawrence, and this was supposed to be his big breakout season it just hasn't happened he's banged up he missed last week's game uh i wouldn't be surprised if he makes his way back but in a effort nothing left to lose the season's over type of situation i'm not ruling out the tennessee titans to despite playing the way that they did last week finding a way to come out there and spoil the party for the jacksonville jaguars in a in a little semi-rivalry game here yeah, and, and I watched a clip right before we started shooting uh, today's episode, Matt, and it was Mike Vrabel, and he was asked about, um, you know, this season and, you know, should they really be trying to end the season with the win with the draft position or why go out and play your best in this game? And he said, losing sucks. And he dropped a few uh, some some other choice words in with that, but how he hates it, how he can't sleep at night when they lose. Uh how he really wants to go out there and win it for the guys who have been grinding all season long. Uh, how it's really important for him to end the note on a high or end the season, excuse me, on a high note. So he is very motivated to end this season with the win. And it, it's, you know, it's not something that necessarily factors into this game, but the last nine games between Jacksonville and Tennessee that have been played in Tennessee, Jacksonville is one and eight. Uh, they, the one did come from last year in 2022 but they're one and eight the last nine years in that environment. There's a lot of reasons to not like the Titans in this game, though, for the counterpoint. We don't know who's starting at quarterback. Uh, Will Levis got hurt last week, was actually carted off, but they said it wasn't as serious as anticipated. It's going to come down to how he looks on Wednesday. I think Tannehill would probably be the better option of the two in this matchup if you're a Bills fan, uh, hoping to see the Titans win. But it might not matter who's the starting quarterback in that game, Matt. That offensive line is a mess. They have let up 62 sacks this year in 16 games. Uh, they're already they're down a few starters. They're rolling some backups. You're going against a pretty good Jacksonville defense. I could see them getting a lot of pressure. You can hope for a Titans win, uh, but with 17 players on the IR this year, the banged-up O-line, the questions at quarterback, it's going to be a tough one. Between the two games, I think you and I are both on the same page that Baltimore over Pittsburgh is the more likely outcome of the two. 
Yeah, because I think to your point, Jacksonville could kind of just show up and find a way to win this game. And without Jeffrey Simmons, that's not the same defense, which already had some issues on the back end. Their front, not nearly as imposing. And, you know, this was a uh, Jacksonville team last week that really got their run game going. Travis Etienne, over 100 yards, had a touchdown. I played him in my fantasy championship game and felt the the, the real pain that came along with that. Uh, so they're a team that, even if they show up and they don't have their best stuff against the Tennessee Titans, even if they somehow find a way to, to get up to your point, I think it is probably the Steelers losing to the Ravens somehow the more likely of the two. But the Ravens, too, is like, don't forget this is a, a, a divisional game. Like, this is not a game where John Harbaugh is willing to just hand the Steelers a free ticket into the playoffs. Like, that that's there's something to be said for playing to eliminate the Steelers from playoff contention. And I mean, there, I, I don't know if there's a scenario that could play out if the Steelers lose, they're eliminated, right? Like that, there's no way they can lose and be in still. I actually think there is a path for them losing. And it was something like Denver has to win. And, and it, it was a weird scenario, but I believe there might be a path uh, if they lose, but uh, feel free to correct me if you can find that or not in the scenarios for this week. Um, but to, you know, again, to your point, Pittsburgh already defeated Baltimore once this year. So you don't want a division rival to sweep you in the regular season, potentially see them come playoff time, uh, which would take a, a pretty big feat for that to happen with Baltimore being the one seed, but possible. You want to eliminate a divisional opponent, just like the Titans want to uh, you know, knock Jacksonville down a peg in that matchup. Again, divisional opponents, rivalries. We've seen just this past week, these division rivals, how much tougher it is than a standard game. Buffalo had their hands full with New England this past week, and it's because it was a division opponent. They had their hands full in week one against the Jets because, again, it's a division opponent. They were up for that game. So in both of these matchups, you're not going to see the Titans or the Ravens, just like you said, lay down and hand the other team a win. They're going to come out fighting, and uh, I think that – if Bills fans can go into Sunday night just knowing that the Bills are automatically in the playoffs regardless of the outcome, they can at least breathe a little bit of, of sigh of relief. But, you know, if you are if you are a Bills fan, you're hoping pedal to the metal, win that game no matter what, claim that two seed, and, and host, you know, potentially at least two playoff games. Yeah, so I got the, the playoff um, New York Times simulator up, and it would there is a scenario where if the Broncos win – to your point, it gives them a chance, but a lot of things have to happen. And I believe the Jags, if they win, that eliminates uh, the Steelers if they lose. Gotcha. Um, so uh, that there's, you know, there's so <laughs> many different little like side scenarios. Like, of course, we're talking about all this the other night. And I didn't even bring up like the tie scenarios. If any of these games end in the tie, if Bills Dolphins ends in a tie, the Bills get into the playoffs. It's just as a wild card team, right? Uh, and then the Dolphins win uh, the AFC East. There's so many different scenarios that could kind of impact this thing. Uh, just little nuanced stuff uh, that I think is super interesting. All right. We are going to make our predictions for these three AFC games when we come back. But first, we are going to first tell you that the uh, podcast um, is brought to you by Tops. The Buffalo Bills shout insider text line is brought to you by Carrie C. Buyer at the Letro Law Group. Um, he is a injury attorney, uh, and he is a friend of the show. And he was on the show on Saturday night at Wingnuts. Um, and 
They're located at 237 Main Street, Buffalo, New York. If you or someone you know is seriously injured, give Carrie a call at 716-852-1234 or check out LeetroLaw.com. All right, we are going to go to my interview with Mike Golick Jr., uh, Gojo and Golick. He is one of the hosts. You can find their show on the Draft uh, Kings YouTube page. Uh, let's check out that interview right now. All right, everybody, a big week uh, for Bills Mafia as we head towards uh, week 18. And we could have a bunch of scenarios in play on Sunday Night Football when the Bills travel to Miami to play the Dolphins. And I'm bringing in Mike Golick Jr., who has been on the program before, uh, one of the hosts, Gojo uh, and Golick. Uh, you can find them on the DraftKings uh, YouTube channel as well. What's up, Mike? How are you, man? Doing well. Appreciate you having me back. It is uh, wild that we're already at week 18 now. I cover college football, so I'm just watching the end of that season wind down now, and the NFL season getting towards the postseason is pretty crazy. It goes so fast, and you know, towards the end of it, I always tell people, man, I'm I'm ready for a little bit of break, but it'll be like February when I'm like, let's get the games back going again. Yeah, it's like, when's the combine rolling up here? <laughs> Who are we looking at in the draft? You start jonesing for it pretty quick. Exactly. So I put out a tweet a little while ago, and it's a crazy world Bills fans are living in right now because, like I mentioned, there's a there's a scenario that could play out on Sunday where the Steelers win, the Jaguars win, and the Bills lose, and they're out of the playoffs. And as we sit here today, they have the third best odds to win the Super Bowl at eight to one behind the Ravens and the Niners. I mean, it's just just not not wild to you. Uh, it's. It's been a wild season overall in the NFL. I mean, we've talked about it so much in the national level. Quarterback volatility has made this year a bit of a crapshoot in a lot of ways, but the Buffalo Bills are sort of the perfect microcosm, not in the fact that they've lost their quarterback, but in the fact that there's been so many ebbs and flows to this year, and that because of a lot of bad turnover luck and other weird circumstances in the middle of the year, we had this statistically incredible team with a quarterback that's playing at MVP level that somehow found themselves on life support for so much of the year. So yeah, it's been absolutely bizarre, and it's perfectly indicated by what you just mentioned. You know, you mentioned the national narrative, and I feel like the national picture of Sean McDermott, it's gone through its own ups and downs throughout the season. From your perspective, what does Sunday mean for Sean McDermott? Because I think locally we've been pretty steadfast in that I don't think even if they miss the playoffs, his job is in any jeopardy. Um, but I guess maybe should it be if they don't make the playoffs? Uh, I don't think it should be. Like, I, I think obviously – so much was said and written about Sean McDermott and, you know, the focus ended up being largely on one particular speech, but I think overall it was more, Hey, in big moments, is this a coach that's ultimately going to be able to get Buffalo past the sticking point? And this is the part where I always want to be clear. Their sticking point has been one of the generational talents in our lifetime in Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas city chiefs. And then a Cincinnati Bengals team. That's got a guy in Joe Burrow. That's also staring eye to eye with Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes and these quarterbacks that essentially are required future hall of famers for entrance into the AFC conversation by and large. So I always kind of use that as the context to say, no, I don't think his job should be in meaningful jeopardy. I think you can always look and evaluate it. All right, how are you structuring things around there? Are there things Sean McDermott can do better interpersonally amongst his staff there or in critical moments with his team? Maybe, sure, you can always examine that stuff, but I still think the Bills have been right there in terms of the AFC pecking order. Mm -hmm. And the pecking order uh, will play itself out here uh, this weekend. And I, I want to start with the Jags really quickly because, 
Bills fans remember in week five, a Jags team that had no problem dispatching them over in London. And it's been this kind of, you know, fall from grace. Uh, Trevor Lawrence obviously didn't play last week. What do you expect out of Jacksonville this Sunday going on the road against Tennessee, who was basically a pushover against Houston this past weekend uh, as they try to get their uh, 10th win of the season? Yeah, I don't have a lot of trust in Jacksonville at this point. And part of this is right. We've seen injury really take a toll on this team in certain portions, certainly production. I think what people expected out of Calvin Ridley coming back and being the number one on this team and the reality, once some of the rest of the attrition hit that receiver room, are very different things. Trevor Lawrence has battled through injury all year. The fact that this was finally the first game that he had to miss as a quarterback at the NFL is pretty telling about his level of toughness. And then I think defensively, the dam just kind of broke for them. So I have a hard time. I think you know they're capable of beating the Titans because that team is also one that's gone through a lot of ups and downs and has dealt with injury, a rookie quarterback, an injury to that rookie quarterback, all those things. But uh, Jacksonville overall capable of winning that game, but such a wild card of a team just because of the things we mentioned. Mm-hmm. And then the Pittsburgh Steelers, you know, obviously everything going around, going on right now around Kenny Pickett. Uh, he ends up coming out with a press conference today to talk about the reports that were out there that he refused to be the backup to Mason Rudolph. And now it's almost like if you're Mike Tomlin, how do you even go to pick it you know, with the way that Rudolph has kind of handled things over the last couple of uh, weeks? Two questions. Number one, how do you feel like that quarterback situation plays out this weekend? And number two, what do you think the Ravens do uh, with the AFC number one seed locked up with potentially two weeks they could go without playing their starters with the bye? Do you think they play for a half? Do you think they play part of the game? How do you see this game playing out? So uh, going to the first part of that, I think if Kenny Pickett's healthy enough to go, Kenny Pickett probably plays is the way it's always sounded like there. Mason Rudolph's come in and made you question why Mitch Trubisky was ever the backup there, maybe more than anything else. But uh, I think that he probably ends up playing if he's healthy enough to go. Weird vibes around Pittsburgh overall this season between the George Pickens stuff and now this. Just way more making its way out to the public than we're used to under the Mike Tomlin regime in Pittsburgh. But maybe that's just a sign of the times. I think for the Baltimore Ravens, I know we have so many different versions and opinions on the rest versus rust thing. Just my 30,000 foot view, the biggest thing that's hamstrung the Baltimore Ravens in recent years has been health. The rest of that team usually falling down around Lamar Jackson towards the end of the season or Lamar Jackson himself succumbing to injury in the last couple of years. And so I think if you're Baltimore, there's a few key pieces. Kyle Hamilton, who had to miss last week on defense, that's majorly important to your team, and a couple of other guys that obviously need to rest and get healthy and shouldn't see the field. But I think if you're Baltimore, the rest versus rust thing to me is outweighed by that. Health is the most important determining factor for your team right now. I would rest those guys. I would use the advantage, the overwhelming advantage in the modern expanded playoff uh, world that is being the one team that gets a first round bye and make sure you are as healthy as possible because when that box is checked, you've been able to do everything else right down the stretch. So I guess real quick before we get to the Bills, Dolphins, Ray or uh, Steelers and Jags, who do you think is the more likely team to drop this game in week 18? I would say just because I could see Baltimore sitting starters, I could see the Jags dropping this one. They've been far more inconsistent. It shouldn't say far more inconsistent. Both them and the Steelers have been pretty inconsistent. But I'll say tie goes to the runner and the team that Mike could be facing largely backups from Baltimore. 
All right. All right. Bills, Dolphins. Um, uh, I want to get your quick thoughts on this game and the setting of this game, because it's so it's so strange that, you know, four weeks ago, five weeks ago, I think the division, a lot of Bills fans were kind of writing off that possibility. You know, the sitting at six and six, you know, the inconsistencies of the season. Now you run off four wins in a row and the, the Dolphins are doing Dolphins things. I know there's been injuries, but in December, winning two of four. Um, here to close things out. How do you see this matchup going? Because the Bills in Buffalo really had their way with them in week four. This is a really ravaged defense in terms of injury, but it's also a Bills offense that's going through its own little un- balancing act of, of sorts under Joe Brady the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I, I think it's the right matchup at the right time for Buffalo. Like you mentioned the earlier season matchup and Buffalo was one of the first teams, you know, them in Philadelphia to kind of show the things that you could do to affect a Dolphins offense that looked indestructible at that point. And so much of that had to do with Buffalo's front four, their ability to affect Tua Tungavailoa's timing behind that offensive line that has dealt with so much injury and volatility and moving parts this year that affect communication, even for an offense that under Mike McDaniel has been sensational. And so, You've got the injuries there that obviously have been a huge factor, but I think right now seeing Tyreek Hill, the way he's been banged up in recent weeks, and that Buffalo defense that was not the problem, especially early on against New England in the game this past weekend, I I look at this more as a good get-right spot for the Buffalo offense in terms of the things they do well and how it matches up with what the Miami Dolphins present. You go in that New England matchup, what did the Buffalo Bills run really under Joe Brady and down the stretch of the season been about their ability to dictate the terms along the line of scrimmage. They've been great running the ball. James Cook had been a weapon both with the ball in his hands as a runner and coming out of the backfield. And Josh Allen had been in Super Saiyan Josh mode. And in this game, Christian Barmore was incredible. That whole Patriots defensive front that in terms of EPA per play is the second best rush defense in the NFL. Bad matchup there. And if you had Josh a little bit off in the passing game the way he was, the results may vary. This Miami Dolphins defensive front just lost its second star pass rusher and Bradley Chubb to an ACL. Xavier Howard was injured on the back end. They're banged up right now. Christian Wilkins can still present a problem in there. Van Ginkle can still present a problem, but their rush defense in terms of EPA per play down at 15th. So it's a much more advantageous matchup given how you want to approach your relationship in staying in front of the sticks. And then on passing downs now, it gives Josh Allen a better a better option because you've got two great pass rushers that aren't going to be on the field for Miami in this matchup. I'm a huge fan of the way the NFL set this thing up on Sunday because you're going to know going in if this is a winner go home situation for the Bills uh, in that late primetime slot, which makes it, you know, all the more drama. And it's going to be fun for everybody to watch. Beyond that, though, say the Bills get into uh, the tournament. Uh, you look at some of the teams, you know, obviously Baltimore playing the best football of any team in the NFL right now, uh, Cleveland Browns, who are all of a sudden becoming a contender a little bit. How do you view this AFC um, looking beyond week 18? Nobody south of Baltimore should want to see Cleveland. And even Baltimore doesn't want to see Cleveland, but they're capable. Baltimore's the best team in the NFL right now. The offense finally has absorbed all of the Todd Munkin and the new parts and has Lamar Jackson playing like the MVP. The defense has been sensational all year. 
but you got effort Joe Flacco out here right now. Dude, 38, he's tired. We saw him falling asleep. He doesn't need this. He's rich. And so he said, all right, I got called up off the couch. I might as well let it fly. And behind an offensive line that's also dealt with a ton of injury and opposite a defense that's got Miles Garrett playing like the defensive player of the year, they're an insanely tough out. You know, you've heard the way that Jim Schwartz has talked about Denzel Ward on the other side and what he does as a cover guy for them. They just have so many things that can hurt and affect you and a quarterback that's getting the most out of this offense right now. So I look at them as a huge threat to anybody out there. Kansas city is going to get their due respect because of Patrick Mahomes and they lock up the division yet again. I mean, it says a lot about that team's pedigree that we're doing the sky is falling act and you've got their star players losing it on the sideline because they're not the one seed because Patrick Mahomes is going to have to go on the road for the first time in his career in the playoffs here that says a lot about the standard over there. So they're still dangerous because Pat Mahomes still lives here, even if the protection has been a bit suspect on the edges. And I think it's affected a lot of how that operations work, even as they found a guy like Rasheed Rice who can help out. So they're still absolutely going to get their respect. But outside of that, you know, the Dolphins, the Bills, if they sneak in, the Browns, there's a lot of really interesting in this division outside of, I think, the clear-cut number one in the upper crust in Baltimore. Awesome, awesome stuff. Mike, let everybody know where they can get your content this week and beyond as we kind of gear up for the playoffs. Yeah, uh, Gojo and Golik available wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, DraftKingsNetwork.com is where you can watch us as well as, like you mentioned, on the DraftKings YouTube channel, Samsung TV+, Plus, Roku, uh, and all that good stuff. Me, my dad, uh, and a whole lot of ball down the stretch here that we're really excited about. Great stuff, man. Talk to you soon. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. All right, we're back, Ryan. Uh, let's go through these games one by one. Let's start with the first one, the Pittsburgh Steelers against the Baltimore Ravens. Who do you got? I actually do have the Ravens winning this game. And, and you know, again, giving Bills fans a little bit of joy before that Sunday night game. I just think that Baltimore is going to come out with revenge on its mind, wanting to make up for the regular season loss that they suffered at the hands of the Steelers earlier this year. They want to potentially knock out a division rival in a, like you said, a rivalry game. And they do enough to hold off the Steelers. I have them winning this one 24 to 16. I like it. Um, I think the best chance in this game for the Steelers to win is if the Ravens just don't play anybody. Like if they just go into with the approach like, we don't care, like two weeks, we're not worried about it, we're not playing anybody, and it really is a just show up and get through it and try to get limit the injuries, and that's the scenario. If any other scenario plays out, give me the Ravens in this game. At home, in that environment, Mason Rudolph going against this defense with all the, 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 the tape that's now out there with this offense, and listen, I think that they're going to bring a physical brand of football to this Pittsburgh offense while they've they've gotten their run game going at times this is a team that you just don't run against I mean look at the Dolphins last week they they had some good runs uh against them David Devin Achan he tends to do that in games he's really talented but for the most part they've limited their ability to consistently find paths in the running game and this is just not as dynamic of a run game so I am gonna I'm gonna go with you there I'm gonna go with the Baltimore Ravens could the Steelers win sure uh but if anybody plays let's go with the Ravens next up Jags versus oh, actually. Texans versus Indy. Let's give a quick one on that. Yeah, I'm going to go Texans. I really loved what I've seen from Stroud this year. I think that uh, the, I think that one, you have the head coach of the year on that team as well, based on the talent, uh, the expectations, the fact that you have them 
knocking on the door of the playoffs. I love the talent. I love how he's had that defense up this season, playing really hard, and how quickly this offense has come together. So give me D'Amico Ryans. Give me C.J. Stroud. Give me the Texans in this one. Um, I don't know if it's – I'll say 28-20 Texans. All right. Uh, you're giving the score. I mean, dude, you're next it's level when it comes to uh, the, these preview shows, and I, I truly appreciate it. Um, I'm going to go – this one's tough for me. I think I'm going to go with the Colts because they're home. And this is a big spot for CJ Stroud on the road. And I think this is a Colts team that's been really opportunistic this season. They've generated some turnovers. They can get some pressure. I think that's, to me, the difference in the game. Which offense takes care of the ball better? I like the indie run game. Jonathan Taylor goes in this game. Uh, they can lean on him, get some, get some offense going from that de department. And they're just – I think just think they have more experience. Like, they got – even Gardner Minshew, who – you know, is a journeyman at this stage of his career. He's played in big time games. He's played, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, he's played in playoff games, right? Like, uh, did he play in a playoff game or two? Oh, boy, I don't know now. I'm trying to think of his stint with uh, Jackson. I don't think he did, but I could, I may be wrong on that. Here we go. Postseason. Let's see. Got the, the log up here. How many games? He played in. He played in two, but they were uh, garbage time. So okay. they don't count uh, with Philly. So no, but again, a guy that's been in the league for a while, more NFL experience. I'm going to lean on that. I'm going to go Indy. Last game. Jacksonville against Tennessee. Who do you got? I have Jacksonville in this one. Uh, again, it goes back to the Titans, the O-line, giving up so many sacks this year, how many injuries they've suffered. I won't write them off, though, because I do think Mike uh, Vrabel is a very good coach. I think he gets his team up for games. Uh, you know, you go back and see how they knocked off the Dolphins a few weeks ago, putting up 14 points in just a matter of minutes to come back and win that game when it looked like it was out of reach. So he'll have them ready. I just think that Jacksonville, after losing four of their last five, is going to want to end the season on a two-game win streak. They're going to try to do, obviously, everything in their power to enter the playoffs on a high note. Uh, so I have them winning this one. I I'll go again 27-24 in a close game. I'm glad you're giving scores for each of these games. I'm giving no scores, but I am going to take um, Jacksonville in this one. I, I think offensively, I think Trevor Lawrence probably finds some way to play with the season on the line, uh, going on the road. I, I like him no matter who plays a quarterback. Like Ryan Tannehill, I know he came, I think, in, in after Will Levis got hurt last week, but it, it wasn't good. I think he threw it 20 times, had 168 yards or something like that, and Against the Houston team, listen, I like their defense, but like to not be able to generate any offense does not give me any kind of hope for what this game could look like. So we are going to be um, watching these games closely. We'll take you into uh, Sunday, Sunday Night Football. I'll be down in Miami. Uh, we'll have full coverage of that. Uh, we'll be back with the live show tomorrow, Wednesday. Uh, I'm hoping for a, a look at the Miami side on Thursday podcast and then our preview show on Friday. So for Ryan, I am Matt. Uh, this show has been brought to you by Tops Friendly Markets. Head over to Tops Friendly Markets uh, website, topsmarkets.com. They have all the details where they got their weekly ad. Uh, you can see all the different programs they're running. You know, they, they break it down by wherever you live uh, uh, to give you the specific deals that you're looking for. And oh, by the way, if you're stopping by Tops, you know, Ryan and I are going to tell you, get yourself a breakfast pizza. M morning, noon or night. It never fails. We'll see you on Wednesday, everybody. Take care.